Chapter Thirteen of Roman Color Detective by Grace and Harold Johnson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Thirteen. He that hearkeneth to me shall not be confounded. The words of the Epistle of the Mass he had just finished, the Mass of the day, August Fourteenth, kept running through the mind of Father Tim as he removed his vestments in the sacristy Thursday morning. Muscles, who had served Mass for Father Tim, walked out of the server's dressing room with his partner, Joey Malone. "'Be seeing you, Joey. Got to get into the sacristy to see Father Devon.' He was out of breath when he came to an abrupt stop at the entrance of the sanctuary, where he had gone when he didn't find Father Tim in the sacristy. Father Tim, wearing his black cassock, was kneeling at the prédu, to the left of the main altar, his eyes fastened intently on the crucifix high overhead, on the wall, and his fingers moving slowly over the beads of his rosary. Without making a sound, Muscles stepped back into the sacristy. He'd wait for Father Tim, and maybe he could do something for him. He was looking awful worried this morning. Father Tim was a swell guy, and so was his brother, Captain Bill, and those old cops that put the captain in jail. It wasn't right, cause anyone with half an eye could see that Captain Bill wouldn't murder anybody. Fifteen minutes later, when the priest left the church to go to the rectory, he found Muscles sitting quietly on the top step at the back door. I thought you'd gone home already, Muscles. No, Father, I was waiting to see you. I'm awful sorry about Captain Bill. But don't worry, Father. Those cops will find out that he didn't do anything. I hope so. Won't you come in and have breakfast? I did eat, Father. Thanks. Mom's not working till noon today, so she got my breakfast before I left. But I'll come in and talk with you, if you want me to. That will be swell, fellow. I don't like to eat alone, and Father Kearney said early mass today, so he ate after that, and Miss Kearney ate with him. A few minutes later, as Muscle sat across the table from Father Tim, sipping a glass of milk, he looked at the priest with a puzzled expression on his small face. You're not eating much, Father. Don't be scared. We'll do something to help the captain. Father Tim smiled. This is a fast day, Muscles. Did you forget? It's the vigil of the Assumption of our Blessed Mother into Heaven. Oh, that's why you're only eating toast and coffee. I was afraid that maybe you were worried sick. Mom gets that way sometimes and can't eat. I'm not as worried now as I was last night. I'm sure everything will be all right after a while. Sure, Father, but we've got to get busy and do something. Sister Anastasia told us last year that God will help us when we ask Him, but that we've got to work at it. That's right, Muscles. And, Father, remember Captain Bill is going to coach our team. Sure he is, Muscles, and we've got to do everything possible to get him out of jail so he can. A trace of a smile swept across the priest's face. Muscles saw it and was glad. He didn't know what caused it, but he was glad anyway. Father Tim just didn't look natural when he wasn't smiling and happy and this morning he was pretty serious. Well, who wouldn't be, with a bunch of cops acting the way they were? Those cops ought to see that, Muscles said. What's that they ought to see? Father Tim asked. Muscles looked surprised. Oh, I was just thinking about something. What did I say? You said the police should see something. What should they see? Why... That Captain Bill was just sitting in his car in the parking lot, like he said, and only went down toward the woods when he saw the gun flash, 
cause if he'd been down there all the time and fired the shot, where'd he put the gun? He didn't have any gun with him when he came back. That's true, Muscles, and last night the police came out here and looked around for the gun. They'll probably take another look today. It's very important to find the weapon. Muscles fidgeted in his chair and then looked over at Father Tim. I could go down there now and look around, Father. I'd not touch anything if I found it, but just come and tell you. Father Tim looked doubtful. Golly, Father, I know how they do it. I mean, all about how fingerprints are on guns and stuff, and how you shouldn't touch anything. It's in all the comics. Boy, and do those cops know a lot about everything, and do they get their man? Muscle squirmed in his chair and looked hopefully at Father Tim. If you want to, Muscles, run along and see if you can find anything. But be careful. I don't think there'll be any gun around because the killer took it with him. I'll be careful, Muscles called over his shoulder as he hurried out of the dining room door. While he finished drinking his coffee, Father Tim reflected on all that he had to do that morning. Before leaving the rectory, he should call Jerry Laughlin at the news. He'd been wondering about him. Was his head better? If it was, why hadn't he come over to the closing of the festival? Replacing his cup on the saucer, he got up from the table and went into the office. He was relieved when he heard Jerry's voice at the other end of the wire. How's the head, Jerry? Pretty good, but it gave me a rough time last night. Here's something you'll be glad to hear, Father. We just got word from the hospital that Mr. Linton is resting more comfortably. That's great. I hadn't heard anything since Father Kearney came in about six o'clock, after spending the night with him. He said that he had regained consciousness. Mr. Linton will come around all right now. I feel sure, but it certainly was a bad scare. I hear they arrested Bill. Yes, last night. Father Tim told Jerry how Bill had tried to chase the assailant, had fallen, and again placed himself in a very suspicious-looking situation. Did they book him? I don't know. I suppose so. But they haven't found the gun yet. I don't see how they can book him if they haven't the weapon. I don't know the legal angles, Jerry, but I plan to go over to the jail to see him, just as soon as I can count and bank the proceeds from last night. I must get at it immediately, too. Call me if you hear anything. Glad your head's better. Thanks, Father. I'll keep you posted. After hanging up, Father Tim closed the office door so Miss Kearney wouldn't disturb him. It would take quite a while to check the returns from the booths, and he wanted to do it as quickly as possible. Again his thoughts went back to the night before. He pictured in his mind the commotion following the shooting of Mr. Linton. It had cast a shadow over the festivities, and gradually the grounds had emptied of everyone except the workers in the various booths. Even they quickly packed the remaining articles, talking over with the chairman what to do with anything perishable, checked out, and left for home. Several of the men had loaded their cars with baked goods, which were unsold, also the contents of the hot dog and hamburger stands, and had taken them to the hospital and the orphan's home at the edge of town. By ten o'clock the school grounds were deserted, the booths standing gaunt in their nakedness. Father Tim could still see the agonizing look in his brother's eyes as he had asked him to call Aunt Martha and tell her what had happened. Bill must have felt awful in front of all those people. He looked at his wristwatch. He'd better stop thinking about last night and count the money faster so he could get to the bank and over to see Bill before lunchtime. An hour later, as he was leaving the bank, after making the deposit, he met Jerry Laughlin. 
Just came from the jail, father. They haven't booked Will yet, and he's plenty sore. Can't say as I blame him. They haven't found the gun, either. I know, Father Tim said. They hadn't found it up to twenty minutes ago when I left the rectory, although there were two policemen combing the grounds. Muscles was on the prowl, too. Jerry laughed. Quite a kid. Yes, and he's very upset over Bill. He wanted to hunt for the gun, so I gave him permission to go out and look around. If anyone finds it, he will, and if he gives up, there's no gun there. You better get over to see Bill, Father. He's the most abrasive product they've ever had in that jail. Boy, is he rough on them. He's thundering and crackling so they can't even think. He's demanding that they book him or let him out. Bill can be volatile, but I'm afraid it won't do him any good. In fact, it could do him harm. I'm going over right away to see him. Just one thing before you go, Father. Early this morning, as I was entering the news office, I met Wilson of the Galton Trust. He'd been in to see Frank Stone. He stopped me and asked if I was a member of St. Mary's Parish, and if I knew you real well. I said sure to both questions. Then he asked me if you were one to do a lot of loose talking. I grinned at that, Father, and said, Heck no, Father Devon's first cousin to a clam. What's it all about, Father? Give. Father Tim's eyes took on a set expression. There's nothing to give, Jerry. I've only talked with Mr. Wilson a few times in the thirteen months I've been here in Galton. Something's worrying him, Father. At least he seemed relieved when I told him you didn't do much talking. What you got on him, Father? Father Tim looked out across the street at the cars moving slowly as they approached the intersection. I don't know much about the man, so I'd rather not talk about him, Jerry. I'll have to run now if I'm to get in to see Bill before lunch. Father Tim walked up the worn steps of the red brick building, toward an open door on which were lettered the words, Police Station. He stepped inside, walked across the bare, unvarnished floor, toward a desk at which a police sergeant sat working a crossword puzzle. They exchanged greetings and agreed that it looked like rain. Then Father Tim asked, May I see my brother, Captain Devon? Sure, Father, you bet you can. The officer gave Father Tim a hopeful look. See if you can get him to quiet down. This is a small jail, and he can be heard all over the place. He's making life miserable for me. I'll be glad when he's either let out or booked and sent over to Crescent City to the county jail. He's got a lag wound that has become very painful in the past few days. Machine gun wound. He's just back from Korea. That and the misfortune of being questioned about the murder of Samuel Blake, and now locked up for the shooting of John Linton, has him greatly upset. Upset's not the word, Father. He's downright sore. Get him to see it's not my fault he's here. I'm just doing my job. I'll do my best, Sergeant. Father Tim's thoughts were a confused jumble as he walked down the short corridor on each side of which opened two doors, heavily barred. In the second on the left, he could see Bill sitting, dejected, forlorn, on the side of a single cot, pushed against the wall. A knot of anxiety wrenched his heart with a feeling as sharp as pain when he heard the key grate in the lock and saw the heavy iron door open to allow him to enter. Could this really be his brother behind a locked and barred door? Hello, Bill. Hi, Tim. Father Tim stood for a moment, curiously shaken. He knew he should say something, but what was there to say? The misery in Bill's eyes cut through him. The door clanged behind him, steel against steel, and the key turned in the lock again. 
Well, they've got me where they want me, Tim. And of all the crummy dumps, this takes the prize. Cockroaches all over the place. How's Mr. Linton? The last word I had, he's conscious and resting comfortably. God willing, he'll make it. Bill nodded. A little silence followed. Father Tim looked at his brother uncertainly. He saw the bunched cheek muscles and the tight lips in Bill's angry face. He'd have to get him out of this mood. But how? Sympathy wouldn't do it. Before he could say anything, Bill questioned. Any news of the gun? Not yet, Bill. Then the knuckleheads ought to see that I couldn't have done it. That's what Muscle said this morning. Yeah, and in the meantime, I'm supposed to be enjoying myself here. By the way, how are the meals in this hotel? I'd take K-rations any day. Then, with a quick movement, Bill looked at his brother. Got any money with you? A little. Why? Got five bucks? Yes, I believe so. Then, on your way home, drop into the Hilton Hotel and have them send me some food. Tell them, lunch this noon, dinner tonight. Those characters took everything away from me last night, even my wallet, and they put it all in a nice little envelope for safekeeping. How about having your dinner sent in? but eating your lunch here. This is a fast day, pal, the vigil of the Assumption, and I'm sure the menu this noon won't exceed what the church allows. Father Tim grinned. Okay, Tim, but tell them to make the dinner a good one. My fish choices are boiled salmon steak, fried brook trout, baked white. Easy, Bill, you're making me hungry. How about my car, Tim? Is it still in the parking lot? Yes. Well, if it's as cloudy outside as it is in here, you better get my keys from the desk sergeant and run it into the garage. The top's down. I'll do that as soon as I get home. It does look like rain. Father Tim looked at Bill and then at the cot on which they were seated. Why don't you stretch out and relax? I've got to get going now. Have a busy day, confessions this afternoon and evening before the holy day. Anything you want besides your dinner? Yes, to get out of here. Bill's mouth softened, and it made Father Tim feel good to see a trace of a smile. Yes, I know, habeas corpus. I thought of it this morning, but on talking it over with Father Kearney, he's counseled against the use of it. What the heck? He's not the one who has to stay here. I know, Bill, but there's sound reasoning behind it. We know that you are innocent, and that no gun will be found, and without it, they'll probably turn you loose. Father was sure you had been brought in only for questioning but if they thought you were seeking a writ, they might go ahead and book you right away. The reasoning's all right, but the quarters are still pretty cramped. The bed's lumpy and the food lousy. From the retort, Father Tim could see that Bill was getting back some of his old spirit. You can put up with it a few more hours. Father Kearney is sure they'll release you by night, if they haven't found the gun. He's no lawyer, but he's seen a lot of life. I trust his judgment. Okay, Tim, but don't forget to have them send me in a good dinner, if I'm not out by then. I'll not forget, Bill. Behave yourself now for the next few hours, and don't try to bend the bars out of shape. Bill grinned, stretched out on the cot, and kicked off his shoes. Be seeing you out in the great open spaces soon, I hope. Not smiling, but inwardly calm over Bill's apparent resignation to his present predicament, Father Tim left the police station and walked toward his car, Bill will be all right now for a while. End of chapter 13